0: You're listening to the E-Free Lethbridge Podcast. This week's bonus episode was recorded with Jeremy Light and Chelsea Van Schothorst in studio. Yeah, so this week in the sermon, we were talking about uh, Jesus' predictions of the end of the world or the coming of the Son of Man. So the Pharisees asked when. The king- kingdom will come, and then the disciples, of course, asked where, which was really when, <laughs> and Jesus gave them a really straight answer. Um, where there are vultures, there will be a carcass. End of conversation, move on to the next topic. So I'm guessing there were some questions uh, that came out of that, and sure enough, we did get some via text and a- even paper questions. We love paper. Yeah, which is awesome. So uh, welcome to the podcast. So let's dive right in. Chelsea, what was the first question?
1: Yeah, so the first question is, what is the Evangelical Free Church's position on the concept of the rapture?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, just for people that might be unfamiliar, the rapture is this idea that Jesus is going to return, which is biblical, and that he is going to take all those who believe in him and have faith in him, uh, both alive and dead, and they're going to go up with him to heaven. And... uh, and then, depending on how what you believe about the timeline of things, they'll come back at one point for Jesus' millennial rule, or that'll be in the middle of the tribulation. There's all kinds of speculation about that. So, our official position can be found in our doctrinal statement. You can find this online, and uh, I'll read the, the the first of them, and then Chelsea will read the next one. So, uh, everything in our doctrinal statement is surrounded or kind of outlined in terms of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. So it starts this way. God's gospel will be brought to fulfillment by the Lord himself at the end of this age. We believe in the personal, bodily, and glorious return of our Lord Jesus Christ with his holy angels when he will bring his kingdom to fulfillment and exercise his role as judge of all. This coming of Christ at a time known only to God demands constant expectancy and, as our blessed hope, motivates the believer to godly living, sacrificial service, and energetic mission.
1: Yeah, and then the second part uh, explains it this way, God's gospel requires a response that has eternal consequences. And so we believe that God commands everyone everywhere to believe the gospel by turning to him in repentance and receiving the Lord as Jesus Christ. We believe that God will raise the dead bodily and judge the world, assigning the unbeliever to condemnation and eternal conscious punishment, and the believer to eternal blessedness and joy with the Lord in the new heaven and the new earth, to the praise of his glorious grace. Amen.
0: Amen. What's doesn't say anything about the rapture in there.
1: Nothing about the rapture.
0: (laughs) So part of uh, what one of our guiding principles as the evangelical free church movement in Canada and around the world is that in essentials, we want to have unity. We want to be on the same page. In non-essentials, we want to have charity. And in all things, we want to glorify Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so... uh, the exact timing and how things are going to happen at the end of the world. There's lots of conversation about. And so we want to have, we don't take an official position as a church or as a denomination on Mm -hmm. how that's all going to play out. We just know it will play out. And so in our statement, we try to be as broad as we possibly can. This is the essential. And then the details we can have lots of conversation about. So no official position on the rapture.
1: Perfect. All right. Clear.
0: Second question. How do we prepare for the coming of Christ? How do we ensure that we are ready day by day? And there's a a second part to that question is how do we prepare our children? So, Chelsea, maybe let's start with the first bit there. How do we prepare and make sure we're ready?
1: Yeah, and I think you talked a little bit about about the preparing for Christ and the way... um, in this day-to-day readiness, I think is our, our pursuit in following Jesus is, is a day-to-day thing. In our our desire to follow Christ, we would pre- be pursuing this Christ-likeness and following the way that Jesus lived, uh, would be changing in our hearts and our minds, and, and it would be this slow transformation in our lives that I think would would be preparing us for for Christ's coming day by day. And I think, um, when it, you know, how do we ensure that we're ready? that this is the desire of our heart right mm.
0: yeah and I, I think the the one piece of that is to make sure that we've submitted to jesus as mm-hmm. lord and jesus as savior that we've acknowledged those things and then yeah it's this this uh Consistent path of faithfulness, recognizing mm-hmm. that we will fail at times. So I look to the other parables that Jesus told about kings or or masters mm-hmm. leaving and leaving servants in charge, and it's good for the servant if the master comes back and finds the servants doing what the master asked, or uh, the master entrusts them with some of the belongings of the house, and it's the servants are rewarded if they've used those belongings, talents, possessions, resources. Mm-hmm. To pursue the agenda of the king mm-hmm. and so i think that's part of being prepared as well as what's what's jesus's agenda on earth and am i aligning my life with that uh both in his mission out there but also internally for yeah. my own life as well yeah so what about our our children how do we prepare our children and this person said if there was any possession i'd run back to my house for it would be them which i definitely understand and yeah. feel yeah
1: yeah and and i think that gets to the heart of of that desire because we're we're longing that for ourselves and we're longing that for others right and and jesus really instills that in the gospel of of sharing the good news is that we would have this longing that other people would be living out the gospel that they would be turning to jesus as lord of their life that he is their savior and so we prepare our children i think by in in many ways, but doing, doing life with our kids, navigating the complexities of life and culture and faith and how Jesus intersects in into our reality. Um, as the youth pastor, I think about this question daily: about what are we doing to prepare our kids in today's climate for for navigating faith? And and I think the the message of Jesus matters just as much today as it did when Jesus was teaching. And so. I think there's this um, this responsibility we have as parents, as adults, as people journeying alongside faith is to care for them and, and to, um, yeah, start navigating those questions with our kids and, and really look to what does it mean for Jesus to be Lord of our life. If he's he's coming, it's not about the day and the hour, but it is that day-by-day pursuit of following the way of Jesus.
0: Yeah, that's great. Chelsea, what, what do you see as like, some of the challenges in terms of what our kids, what our youth, the students mm-hmm. um, see. Uh, yeah, what are the challenges in terms of living out their faith that that they're seeing, and how? It, like, if you could sit down with parents and say, mm-hmm. "Here's what our kids need from you." Mm-hmm. How? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but what would you say to them? It's a
1: small question. <laughs> yeah, fine. yeah. There was one thing that I could <laughs> tell you to do yeah. that would solve all of. Parenthood. Yeah. Um, honestly, like kids just need to know that they're known and loved. And and that's what Jesus does over and over. He makes people feel seen, known, and loved. And our kids are longing for that. Um and so even like our youth ministry is modeled in, in every student's gonna be known and loved by by our team, by our volunteers, but ultimately our goal is that they know that Jesus knows and loves them, right? And so I think there's this is there a right and wrong way to do it? That's the greatest parental question of all things, right? But um it is just making that clear in in that desire to create space for them to ask questions even in the home are are you are you navigating some of the the questions about faith and what it looks like to be a Christian in a world where maybe that's not popular and maybe that's not the easiest decision to make and how how do we support our kids and knowing that beyond parents you have a community surrounding you uh, that that wants to do this with you i think i think for parents my hope is that you know you're not alone yeah. uh, i think as as this church community our desire is, is to to be that church family and and you don't have to have all the answers by yourself
0: yeah that's great and i think uh, another piece of that is uh, does you know, really the best way that you can prepare your children in some way, or I, I'm going to put it this way, the best way you can prepare your children for Jesus' return is if you as a parent are living mm-hmm. in expectation of Jesus return and in submission to Jesus authority. So yeah. if they they see it lived out that it actually makes a difference in my priorities, mm-hmm. in my values, in my relationships, that that this is real. And I think that's part of the question sometimes they're asking like, is this real? Does this make a difference?
1: Yeah, yeah, and that reality of of faith, right? It it can't just happen at youth on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. It it has to happen more than Sundays. If this is, this is a reality of of your home, kids are going to see and understand and experience Jesus in a in a real way. Um, and so, yeah, that's it's a great question. Yeah, because does. yeah, we. Uh, to know you'd run back for your kids because you you want we are fighting for them and so that um, Jesus loves the little children yeah, and yeah. so He's fighting for them too right and I think that's another encouragement for parents is Jesus loves your kids um, and we just sometimes just need that reminder and His grace is abounding. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: Very much so. Okay, what was the next question that okay. came in?
1: Uh, so when you said pack light. Uh, does that mean that we should have nothing with us? And if so, why?
0: Yes. So uh, I think, yes, (laughs) in the sense of you can't take it, you can't take it with you. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, you can't take it with you. People talk, uh, this saying like you can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. So let's invest in things of eternal value um, and hold lightly to the things of this earth. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and and by things that's possessions that's uh, values or priorities like let's make sure that our our lives are lining up with the values priorities and agenda of Jesus if he truly is our Lord and so that's kind of what I mean by by pack light mm-hmm. um, and and uh, I think First Corinthians well oh man I forget the exact passage I think it's five might be Second Corinthians five anyways it talks about mm, it's not there. It's 15 uh, talks about how our labor in the Lord is not in vain. So the work that we do here, if we're thinking in terms of eternity does have an impact mm-hmm. on eternity as well. So um, I think it's a matter of keeping our, uh, keeping our focus beyond just this life. That's what yeah. I meant by pack light.
1: Yeah. And I think, and Jesus talks a lot in his parables, even a few chapters before here where he talks about the parable of the rich fool. Um, and it, it does wrestle with this idea of our possessions and and what do we do with what really has been given to us. And there's a challenge to, you know, give it all up and give it all away. But there's this reality where, um, right, the the rich fool has um, accomplished so much. He has um, barns full of grain and in all of that, he feels comforted. But God says to him, you fool, you will die this very night and everything you've worked for can't go with you, right? And so there's this, you can work hard for these things, but you don't take that with you. And there's a piece where, man, the work that we do can actually be taken into the kingdom if our our priorities are set on Christ as our our foundation, right? And so there's this eternal impact of Mm -hmm. our work, but not because we can take our possessions with us, right? And so that's that tension of, no maybe you don't need to sell everything you have but pack light means yeah you you can't take the possessions of this world with you and and Jesus really cares about your heart cuz over and over and over again Jesus talks about where your heart's at and your intentions and so it's a great question because i think especially in our culture like i feel challenged by that of what it means to to pack light
0: yeah totally uh, and uh, the other parable that comes to mind is one that we have a really hard time understanding is that um, kind of cheater manager guy that like yeah. <laughs> is about to lose his job. And so he just cancels or writes down a whole bunch of people's debt so that they'll have favor on him when he loses mm-hmm. his job and hopefully he can get a job with them or a place to live. And the master in the end is like, oh, great job. That, that showed foresight. And anyways, lots of hard times understanding that. But at the end, Jesus says... Uh, I'm paraphrasing here because I'm not looking it up exactly, but but use your earthly possessions to gain eternal mm-hmm. habitation, right? And so that's exactly the same thing. Let's use the things that we have of earth, not just for my own comfort, but for the sake of eternity. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what it means to kind of hold that lightly.
1: Yeah, that's really good.
0: All right, the next question was was about kind of the promise that you know Jesus is coming soon. And people have been saying that, for a long time. So, what does that even mean? And is it really going to be a short time? Are we looking at kind of a, a you know comparison of heavenly time or time from heavenly perspective mm. compared to earthly perspective? Those types of things. And and essentially, like it comes down to like, did Jesus lie? Right. <laughs> <laughs> did he lie? Is he really coming back in a short period of time?
1: Because it's been a couple thousand years. Yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> So I think the first thing I I would want to say about that is in terms of uh, Jesus saying to the Pharisees, the kingdom's already among you. Mm -hmm. So he's he's not saying that the return of, like my return is imminent. Mm -hmm. He's saying the kingdom's already here because I'm here as the king. And now in our day and age, the kingdom continues to be among us because of Jesus' presence by the Spirit in the lives of His followers, and so that's that's uh, part of the kingdom already being present. Mm-hmm. But there are promises in Scripture that say the return is going to be very soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How do we handle that?
1: Yeah, and that's right. Like it's going to come like a thief in the night, and so there's this imminence of urgency. Um but, and I think it it does tie into some of the preparation for Christ's coming. Uh, I think you talked about it in your sermon where you know when when the event is happening, you don't want to be packing your bags because it's already like and you're back in your house being like, Oh, I'm not ready for this because you've known for your whole life that you should be ready for <laughs> yeah. it. and so there there is this imminence of it is a lifelong journey, and this is something that uh if Jesus is Lord of your life is a day to day. Submission to him, um, and whether that's a imminent right now because he's literally coming tomorrow, um, shouldn't change actually how I live my life. And so there is this imminence, I think, because because you want to be prepared and you want to be living the kind of life that that is pursuing Christlikeness, and that creates this urgency and imminence. But it doesn't mean that Christ is here tomorrow in in our timeline. I mean, I don't. I don't have the qualifications to talk about God's timeline and heaven and yeah. and what it means to exist beyond our twenty-four hour clock because living within the twenty-four hour clock is hard yeah. enough. <laughs>
0: yeah, you don't have any experience of being outside of time. No, come no. on. I, I think I think that idea often comes from Second uh, Peter three, uh, and so th- this is where. Like even shortly after Jesus' ascension to heaven, they're already wrestling with like he said he's coming soon. Mm-hmm. It's been a year. <laughs> like right. where is he? And we're now on the other side of like two thousand years. But but Peter wrote to his uh, congregation and and said this: uh, You must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. I think we have to be really careful not to take that literally. I think it's more of a saying, just saying like our concept of time is different from an eternal concept of time. So we can't, again, just be careful that it's not a literal thousand years in heaven is a literal day on earth. So it's Advice been two days since yeah, Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Just
1: if the math is right. Yeah,
0: that's right. So not, not taking that literally, but just as a helping us expand mm-hmm. our our timeline. And then he says this, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief and then he goes down here to give some instructions this goes to the question about how do we live in preparation verse 14 so dear friends while you're waiting for these things to happen make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight so even if we just took that like this is what I'm gonna do to be ready for Jesus that would be enough to keep us busy right peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight and then this and remember our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved this is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom that God gave him. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's not that God's slow in keeping his promise. He's patient with his people, just changing that perspective. And he wants to give as much time as possible for people to come to know him, uh, I think is, is really important to understanding kind of the what feels like the delay.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's good. Okay, one more question. Um, when God said, two people are in bed, one will be taken, the other left. Does that mean that he's going to take the Christians first, or is he going to take the others first? What are your thoughts on this?
0: Yeah, uh, this is the debate. So when I was mm-hmm. when I was prepping, I didn't make a statement about it in the sermon on purpose because uh, there's two different viewpoints. And one is that this is a reference to the righteous person is taken to go into the kingdom. Uh, and the unrighteous, the unsafe person, is left behind, or the unrighteous person is taken for judgment and the righteous person is left behind. And there's good arguments for both, and Jesus doesn't clarify what it is. So I think we have to—it would be interesting to know, and it's an interesting conversation, but I think we have to stick to make sure that we don't miss the main point of what Mm -hmm. Jesus is saying as we— kind of speculate and have conversations about who's going to judgment, who's going to eternal life, the person left or the person taken. Uh, And so that's this. The point is to be prepared, that your relationships will not provide you refuge from God's judgment. Mm -hmm. You can have the closest relationship with somebody uh, like a spouse and end up with two different eternal destinies. And so your relationships don't provide you refuge. You be ready. You have to submit to Jesus as Savior, or acknowledge that he's Savior, that he gives you forgiveness and freedom and eternal life, and that he's Lord, he's the King, and so you submit your life to him and live under his authority. That's, I think, the point of
1: that. Yeah, and I think so often in in Jesus's parables and and as he teaches, there is that idea of the heart of what's going on. It's even right, like, who's going to be first? It's the first will be last, the last will be first. Let's just throw that out the window. That's not what it's about, right? It is this pursuing after Christ and in submission, living in submission to him with our lives. That's the desire, right? And that's why there's this, this time and space because God is patient and wants, wants both people uh, in his kingdom. And so there, there is this invitation, I think. And I think often we, we read something like this and it feels like, oh, someone's out. Hmm. But I read this and go, there's an invitation to be in. Um, and so often I think we read this and be like, oh, someone's in, someone's out. But Jesus's concern here is you could be out, but I'm inviting you in. So, so don't be left out, come follow me. And, and so there is this, who's he going to take first? It doesn't matter. He's inviting you into his kingdom, which is now Yeah. <laughs> and to come. <laughs> and to
0: come. That's right. So
1: easy answer, easy to understand. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: And, and it gives, it, like, I have to say, like, prepping for this sermon and these questions that have come in have really reignited my excitement for the kingdom to come, not just in the sense of, like, everything's going to be made right, uh, which is awesome in and of itself, but that, Jesus will be here, and I, I can't wait for that to happen. So that's I think that's what Jesus wants us to to, to get to the place of we're we're, we're prepared, we're ready, we're excited yeah. for the kingdom to come yeah. in its fullness. So awesome, great! Thanks, Chelsea, for sitting in with me on this, and thanks for the questions, everybody. Uh, have a great week.